Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever is good to you. I hope it's good for you. Thank you so much. My name is Tamara, and we're about to enter Indigo's Closet. Many of you, if you listened to my first podcast, which wasn't a traditional introductory podcast, was about a topic that I was going through, which is grief. A small recap is that my big sister, Gano Marie, passed away from COVID-related pneumonia, and it sent me into this place, this place of grief, and I just couldn't figure out why I was so heavy, like it felt so heavy. And I'm understanding that it's grief. So I said, you know what? Let me figure out what is going on. Because I was in this place, you know, this dark place. And it just was really, really heavy. And I'm like, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. So I started to do a little research. The first thing I did was look up the definition of grief. Grief grief is a noun and it's deep sorrow, especially caused by someone's death. And I went on and it says, is grief love? That was the question I was asking. Is grief a part, is, is grief part of love? It says the most painful kind of love is called grief, which happens when the object of a person's love is taken away with no hope of return. Grief is love and the confusion caused by not knowing how to love someone who is gone. Grief's love is frustration, bitterness, anger, and resentment at, at death destruction. So death is the reason for all of this. And that is the the heaviest thing I've ever seen. So then I started to look a little deeper because I said, well, you know, I'm feeling sadness. Believe it or not, grief and sadness are two separate things. So here's the definition of sadness. Sadness is an emotional pain associated with or characterized by feelings of disadvantage, loss, despair, grief, helplessness, disappointment, and sorrow. An individual experiencing sadness may become quiet or lethargic, withdrawn to themselves, and that's different. Both powerful, both powerful things that are happening. So I wanted to unpack which one am I experiencing. I am experiencing grief because I am struggling with trying to figure out how to deal with not so much the loss of the physical person, but the loss of that relationship. How do you do that? In my first episode, I explained that my mom and my sister passed away 21 years and 23 days apart. So I had to also topple on on top of that, my sister's passing, my mom's passing. Because when my mom passed away, I barreled through that. I shopped, I hung out, I did things that weren't of who I was because I didn't know how to process my grief. And yes, grief is a process. So because I barreled through that, I now have to go through this particular grief. Back then I didn't have children, I wasn't married, and the guy I was seeing left me. So here I was thrown into a double type of grief because he left me his wasn't grief. It was sadness. I was sad that he left, but I had to deal with this huge mountain of grief because my mom was gone. And I was like, I can't deal with that because I got to deal with this. But I chose not to, do, to deal with either one of them and we'll unpack him leaving in another time. But with my sister's passing, I now have children. I'm a single mom. I have my own business and I've got to process this because it became overwhelming at some point. One morning, 
I found myself leaving my house in the back of an EMS van because I was so overwhelmed that the grief was causing me because I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't processing what was going on. I was just holding on to the moment, to the moment that she died and all the things that transpired. And I found myself at Stony Brook Hospital, shout out to the team at Stony Brook, and the doctor is just, they're doing all these blood tests because I was dizzy. I couldn't, you know, the world was just spinning. I was sitting still and I was like, what's happening to me? And I remember the fear of like, what is happening to me? And the team said to me after they did all their blood tests, everything came back perfect. There was nothing wrong with my heart. I didn't experience vertigo. The doctor simply said, can you tell me what else is going on? And when I explained to him that my sister had recently passed away, the team of doctors, it was four doctors and a nurse, and they listened to me. And he said to me, you are okay. It is all right to feel the way you are feeling. It is when that grief, not the sadness, when the grief overwhelms and takes over you as an individual, your day-to-day life is when you need to step back and decide what you're going to do. And that's where I was at. So I, because I have young children and I have to keep pushing for them, I didn't want to barrel through this grief. I didn't want to feel, you know, God forbid someone else passed away and I'm deeper into the grief. I decided that I was going to seek therapy and, you know, thank God for my ex-husband because he was like, you really need to talk to somebody. And he called um, a really good friend of mine who's a therapist and she was my therapist when I had postpartum another episode. And we just talked and unpacked it. But in the process of talking to her, I was able to unpack some other things for myself. And I realized that we are forever striving for happiness. Why are we striving for happiness? No, I realized that there is something else, something bigger in the picture. I am a believer of God. Many of you might not be and it's okay. I am a believer of a higher energy that there is a way to process things. And I had to really look at my sister's life in order to deal with her passing. And my sister, the running joke in my family is that my sister lived in this bubble. And I had to unpack the bubble because, you know, she didn't allow things to upset her. She wasn't one for outside influences. She wasn't one to allow things that was happening to you to affect her. If it didn't affect her, she didn't internalize it. And for some people, they would say, oh, that's crazy. How can you live like that? But it worked for her because it kept her stress level low. It kept her ability to focus sharp. So I said, okay, let me look at her life. Let me see what her life was about. Let me see how she processed things. And, and I tumbled through a little, you know, all the things that she, you know, the, the process and the decisions she made. Now, she was my big sister. I'm the little sister, but I was always thrown into that caretaker mode. I was always like the mom. I was the second mom. Even though I am the youngest, I always take care. I always, you know, that's just who I am. And people, you know, my family always goes, you're only the baby because you were born last. And it's true. I was the baby because I was born last. But unpacking her death and her life in order to process my grief was huge to me. So I had to let go of the the, the thought of saying, I, I can't wait till I'm happy because happiness is predicated on what's happening. So of course I'm not happy because I'm sad because my sister passed away. So now I'm saying to myself, well, what am I striving for? 
what am I looking for in her death and in her life to make my life more fruitful, more, you know, a lot less sadness. So I realized that I was missing the joy of her life. I was missing the joy that she found in being at peace and at processing life the way she processed it. And I had to really say, are you processing things? Are you just hoping that it works out and looking for the happy? Happiness is ruled by if you lose 10 pounds, you're happy. If you gain 10 pounds, you're not. If you get a new house, you're happy. If you don't, you're not happy. So happiness is ruled by what is happening around us. So I decided that I'm going to strive for joy. Now, it is an ever-evolving journey because you got to figure out what brings you joy. And joy is that inner peace, that, that, that thing that regardless of whether the world is spinning back crazy around you, you're like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you might not like the circumstances or the issues or the situation, but you know, you know, and all of us know someone who has that inner joy, that has that inner peace. It's like, ah, oh, well, you know, whatever. And a lot of us, and I, me included, like, I can't stand it. She's always so calm. And those people are the one that have already found joy. They have already found peace. They already know how to process this. In every situation, they don't come on, they don't, they don't go head on. Sometimes they sit back and wait. Sometimes they engage it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they simply just say, not in my hands, you know, not my bond, not my animal. And it, it, and it just works for them. And I decided that that was going to be a course that I was going to take. Now, it is an uphill battle because I still have sadness. I still miss her, you know. The other day, my children um, are headed to middle school and they were doing the, the curriculum for middle school. And through the entire team's meeting, I am crying because I'm like, oh my gosh, my babies are growing up. And it's the whole emotional thing. I get off the phone and go to dial her number to tell her why I was so, so upset. In the process of the phone ringing, I realize that she will not pick up this phone, that she will not be able to hear what's wrong and we will not be able to laugh about it and that threw me right back into my grief but that was my sadness so I'm unpacking it as we go along and I'm hoping that as people listen to this podcast and they examine their own grief they realize that grieving is okay grieving is what you need to do in order to process but don't let that grief surround you and drown you. I also realized that, you know, the Beatles had a song, to everything there's a turn, you know, to every life there's a season and it is. And right now, this is my season. This is my season, my gap season. This is my time to hurt. I think the worst thing that anybody can say to someone who's grieving is, is there anything I can do for you? The answer to that is no, there's nothing you can do. Not that they're being insensitive, but the reality is that you can't do anything. And people want to fix people. They want you to smile. They want you to feel better, but they can't do that. So my next episode, we're going to dive into what happens next. Whose idea is it and where do I grow from this? I hope you have a great day, a great afternoon, a great evening, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. Love you.